church coffee pod for the month of december i am definitely i mean even though it's in the evening i need a second cup it feels like uh <laughs> i'm i'm father gregory and i'm father bryce so i actually i actually gave up caffeine oh so i'm i'm goodness. feeling good man i feel like i have to kick you off church coffee pot now <laughs> <laughs> i still drink all father if father lucas hears this which he probably won't he's gonna like proclaim me anathema because he thinks decaf coffee is like the worst thing that's ever happened well, to the world but i, I still I drink coffee well in in full disclosure i am slowly moving to more and more green tea so i'm drinking green tea during the day i got some matcha i'm gonna start moving towards matcha here is a that bit like more. more caffeine than coffee? not more than coffee most oh, okay. coffee has more than matcha do you Just, do your matcha in water or in like steamed milk like all in water for now because it's the nistia so oh yeah but oh, i mean there's like oat milk well yeah i know but i'm not gonna i i think i might make a, a fancy matcha drink after christmas which then kind of brings me up to my quite my question for you yeah to get this started what is your favorite christmas dinner or more specifically Ooh. what protein do you prefer uh -huh. for your Christmas meal? I think my fondest memories of Christmas meals featured prime rib as oh. the as the yeah. protein. Yeah. yeah, I kind of I know a lot of people do ham, but I feel like that's yep. kind of no, nah, that's more of a summer meal uh, for me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm definitely more of a beef person too. Yeah, I, and I know like turkey can also be sure. I it, I think that's especially though like. A British thing where they don't have Thanksgiving, so they haven't just had a huge turkey, or meal. maybe they have like a duck or something. But yeah. um, goose, yeah, goose. Uh, so, but yeah, for me, like you know, a pot roast or yeah, something like that, absolutely. And so, speaking of, you know, I mean, that's there are the twelve days of Christmas, and I think we've mentioned this before. Start yeah. start Christmas Day, so Christmas Day is day one. Yes, they do. Which it. Have you, do you go, I don't know, do you get an advent calendar? No, ever? I haven't done that in a long time. So, so, you know, you can get all different kinds of advent calendars sure. now, right? And you can get like last year. I don't, I don't even want to know what's out there. You can get ones that have like little <laughs> jars of jam and of course chocolate okay. one, you know, ones of sure. chocolates and, and whatever. But I've been noticing more and more, they're calling them advent calendars, but they're 12 days. Yeah. Like that's. Advent leads up to Christmas. I was and, somewhere and people once, don't even know anymore that the 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas Day. I was somewhere once and I saw <laughs> an advent calendar, but it was based on beer. Yeah, Costco has those. They they have ones that are like 24. <laughs> like a... <laughs> the point is that the 12 days of Christmas start yeah. Christmas Day. I remember yes, one indeed. time this guy on ESPN was like, it's the 12 days to Christmas. And I was like, no. At that's the TV. not a thing. That's not a thing. Stop making stuff up. So, yeah. So the 12 days of Christmas, which made a lot more sense when I became Orthodox because we yeah. have 12 days of no fasting. Right. It's 12 days of celebration. Mm -hmm. And it starts uh, Christmas Day. And then, but there's commemorations and all kinds of things that happen during these 12 days. So, yeah. So what's going on there? So day one, Christmas, we yeah. already, if if you don't already know what Christmas is celebrating, then I think, you know, go back to episode one and and start over. Um, very basic, the birth of Christ, 
very yes. important feature of our of our faith. Yes, uh, the, the incarnation of the Word, the birth of Christ, the nativity of the Lord, all these yes. things. But the second day of Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, like many of our great feasts, mm-hmm. celebrates the person through whom the great feast was made possible. Yes. So we often known as the synoxis. Right, which is just gathering in mm-hmm. Greek. So mm-hmm. we gather on the second day of Christmas in honor of the Theotokos. Yes, we have the synaxis of the Theotokos. And then the next day, we also have a commemoration for St. Stephen, the proto-martyr, yep. an archdeacon. Mm-hmm. And our calendar, the 20, I forget the 28th, but the 29th is a particular challenging day. Yes, it is. As uh, the vrefotoknias, I think is how you say it in Greek, the slaughtering of the infants. Yeah. In, um, was it, you know, from with, with Herod. You know right. who was who was trying to basically had all the male children two years and under slaughtered in in the area because he didn't want anyone competing for his throne. Yeah, on the twenty eighth, which we went past, is actually the also not a day you would usually think of celebrating. The twenty thousand martyrs burned in Nicomedia. Oh, that's right, that's right. So, so even in the middle of this celebration, there's kind of a recognition that the kingdom is now and not yet, to use mm-hmm. the language of Saint Paul. Mm-hmm. And then what is the 30th? The the saint on that day is Anicia, the virgin martyr of Thessaloniki. Mm-hmm. And then the 31st, I think, is we get to the Apodosis yep. of Christmas, because on the 1st, we're going to celebrate St. Basil the Great, but also the circumcision of the Lord, because it's the eighth day. Yeah, kind of a, a weird thing to celebrate, right? I mean, I think people mm-hmm. people kind of either don't know or don't really think, think about it, or, or kind of like, why would we celebrate the mm-hmm. circumcision? Mm-hmm. of jesus mm-hmm. well why, what would you how would you respond to that i was i was i was setting you up uh, i mean <laughs> i think uh especially luke uh-huh. the gospel writers are very very careful to show us that christ fulfilled the law yes born uh, under the law to redeem those under the law yeah so it so it's if he did if he had not been circumcised mm-hmm. then he could not have fulfilled the law Mm-hmm. Because that was what it that was part of what it meant to be of the people of God. I think it also shows, I mean, it's part of the the kenosis, the canonic reality of the incarnation. Yeah. The self-emptying, becoming subject to the law, which he is the law giver. Kind of like later on, which we'll talk about when he's when he's baptized, you know, John says to him, you know, are you coming to be baptized by me? You know, I should be baptized by you. And he says, Let it be so now to fulfill all righteousness. Yeah, it's just kind of a rough summary. So then, so then we have so that we said on the first, and then the second we have some saints of the church. Yeah, Seraphimus Arav um, is that day. Oh, yeah, it's a big day for the Russians. Yeah, every every, which they're actually celebrating on fifteenth uh, of January on the secular calendar. Uh huh. Because they're on the very old calendar. Uh, very popular uh, um, amongst new converts, especially. Among the Orthodox world, yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's the day we kind of begin the celebration of the four feast. We're already mm-hmm. we've kind of like you said, we kind of leave the nativity behind for a day, mm-hmm. and then we do the circumcision for a day, and then we we kind of get into the four feast of looking towards Epiphany. Yeah. Yeah, Epiphany or Theophany when we celebrate the baptism right. of our Lord. Yeah, typically Theophany in our tradition. On on January sixth. And so, you know, we kind of go through these other days and then we have a strict fast day. So the, the 12th day is then January 4th. And then uh, and then January 5th is a strict fast day in anticipation 
Theophany was a day, I guess, historically that many people were baptized. And so the whole church would fast collectively as we prepared for that event. And I think mm -hmm. that's important. The whole church, you know, in Lent, we see this in the pre-sanctified liturgies and the litanies for the catechumens and other Orthodox churches, they do those litanies at all the liturgies. But we see that the whole church is working together with the catechumens as they're being prepared to receive illumination, as they're prepared to receive baptism or or sometimes uh, to be received through the sacrament of chrisma chrismation. Mm -hmm. And so the whole church fasts on January 5th in anticipation of, of January 6th, Theophany. Yeah. And of course, then we have the, the feast day of Theophany, where we celebrate the Lord's baptism, and we bless the water, and then that's the great blessing of the water, which we have for moving forward, for blessing homes, blessing cars, blessing businesses, just extending that blessing and how showing how God is restoring all creation. Yeah. And I think it's good to, you know, recognize that that day itself is a theophany mm -hmm. even now, right? Because it's not necessarily that we've done some magic voodoo over this water and now this is, oh, this is the magical special water. It's a recognition that this water is blessed by God because it's his good creation, right? And mm -hmm. it is revealed to be its true self, which is mm -hmm. water, which is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. But like water, with, water of the kingdom in a sense yeah. too. Yeah. Right. And like with so many theophanies, it's more about a change that we undergo, that our eyes are opened to behold the theophany that is present before us, to behold like the, the, the reality that is mm -hmm. present before us. Kind of like the disciples at Transfiguration. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right, which is another, though we don't call that feast theophany, it is a it is an instance of a theophany, right? A a pres a presentation of God, right? God revealing himself. And so I think this is important because I think sometimes what may happen for a lot of people is they have Christmas Day and that's it. Right. And they're just kind of right. done. They, they're done. Right. Well, and, and it's, especially because we we kind of, our cultural atmosphere of Christmas is that we celebrate in, in advance, right? We, we start celebrating Christmas, mm. I mean, since, they, since Halloween now. Yeah. Uh, almost it seems like and so by the time you hit christmas you're just you're just you're done yeah. celebrating you've done so many celebrations you've gone mm -hmm. to work parties you've gone to you know however many families houses and friends and mm -hmm. and all that and so yeah it's it's really easy to just kind of already be like overloaded by the time we hit the first of our 12 days of celebration well and i think it's interesting there are some cultures simply maybe germany and other places where the tradition was to put up the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. Yeah. You know, which could work nicely for us because it's technically a, a, a strict day of fasting. And uh, in some traditions, they fast until uh, the sun goes down and the first star comes out at night. Oh, wow. Uh, and then they just have like a little bowl of, you know, in certain Slavic traditions, they have a bowl of, like, I can't know, I don't know if it's called kutya, but it's, you know, it's like a rice porridge, you know, with some nuts and different things in it. Um, so like an oatmeal basically, uh -huh. and, but they, they go the whole day on Christmas Eve. Now, of course that won't be the case this year because Sunday. yeah. And what's interesting is that Sunday morning liturgy, it's not going to be, it's not really a Christmas Eve liturgy. Not it, Sunday it's the morning. Sunday. It's the Sunday before Christmas. Right. And so you're going to have a lot of the readings and the hymns that are affiliated with that. Uh, and then the Tipicon calls for the great Vespers on yep. Sunday evening. Yep. Uh, with all of the readings and the hymns and then the festal orthros and liturgy on Christmas day itself. Yeah. So that actually is. So if technically if you're going to receive communion for Christmas, 
Right. Um, Christmas Christmas morning. It's going to happen Monday morning. Yep. That's, that's when it is. That's when the feast day is. So, so what do we do with this? I mean, as Orthodox Christians, with uh, the the Christmas or with the with 12 what, days? Yeah, what we're talking about here, the 12 days. Yeah, I think we've kind of, we've talked about the idea of the remembrance of God, especially in these second cup segments. And I think that that's an important thing. I mm-hmm. I recently read Sister Vasa Laren's book, Praying in Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a fantastic little book. And I think it's a wonderful, very, very practical and simple way to get into having a very simple and accessible and doable prayer life for mm-hmm. for anybody, no matter how busy we are. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciated it. And one of the things she kind of keeps talking about throughout various segments of that book is that the church has given us these seasons. It's given us all different kinds of times, right? Mm-hmm. It's given us hours, right? They're little literally prayer services called the hours mm-hmm. it's given us days each day of the week has a, a specific saint or order of saints associated with it right monday is the angels tuesday is john the the baptist wednesday is the cross and the theotokos thursday is uh nicholas and the apostles friday is the cross and theotokos saturday is all saints all of the departed sometimes the martyrs and um and then of course sunday is the day of resurrection mm-hmm. um and then, and each of those, like I said, the hours, each of the hours has a theme, the days have a theme. And then, and then each day of the year has saints associated with it. And then the seasons, right? Christmas is, is not just, it's not just a day, it's a season. Mm-hmm. And so it's a time the church sets aside for us to pray about, to think and meditate on this reality, mm-hmm. right? To not just go to church on, on Christmas day, hopefully, and and then you know go home and open presents and not give any of those hymns and and scripture readings a second thought no that those hymns those scripture readings and that reality mm-hmm. that god loved the world so much that even though the world had kind of turned its back on him he came into the world in the person of his son and took on flesh emptied himself of of his glory and his honor and so many things so that he might become one of us. That's something we should think about throughout those 12 days, not just one day a year. Yeah. Those that have sat in darkness have seen a great light, as it says in the gospel, according to Matthew. And so to keep that light burning in our homes and our hearts for those 12 days and then for beyond as we get ready for Theophany, and then as we celebrate the feast day of Theophany and extend the blessing of God in the church through the blessing of, of the water. Yeah. And, and really be cognizant and thoughtful about what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, the taking home the water and splashing it around your house or having the priest come to your home and bring the water and blessing your home. This is not, this is not magic. It's not voodoo. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not an incantation. This is a, this is a reality. This is, there's so much going on there. That's really wonderful and joyful and full of the light that has dawned and and the light of Christ and the things that he did for us and that he submitted to be baptized and, and of all of these things we've talked about. And we don't just stand idly by or just kind of splash the water around and go, okay, good. My house is protected from whatever mm-hmm. dark spirits. I think I just protected myself. I mean, great. That's fine. But be thoughtful. Do engage in these things thoughtfully. 
thinking about some of the hymns from these feasts that are coming to me now. And one of them kind of alludes to, you know, in the previous feast, meaning Christmas, we see him born as an infant, you know, wrapped in swaddling clothes. In the present feast, we see him being baptized uh, in the River Jordan. And both of those are pointing to the humility of our Lord and that self-emptying and subjecting himself to our, our human situation in order to fill it with himself, to redeem it, to sanctify it, to save it, and to lift it up. He who is rich became poor so that through his poverty we might become rich. Or another way St. Paul says it is, uh, he who knew no sin became sin for our sakes that we might become the righteousness of God. And so there's a different ways he talks about this, this idea of theosis yeah. that we understand in our, our Orthodox Christian life. And that we yeah. see in these feasts and going back to the previous podcast that it's very important and essential for us to continue to celebrate regardless of what's going on in the world yes yeah the the joy of christ and the peace of christ and the love of christ are still present realities and no amount of human evil in the world can remove them the light came into the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it Right. Yeah. From John's gospel. Yeah. It's a beautiful feast. It's a wonderful feast. So celebrate it. Yeah. All 12 days. Yeah. And then in the meantime, prepare, prepare for that celebration. And maybe that's just one more thing we can add to this. Going back to the nativity fast. Uh, I heard, you know, some were kind of struggling with the idea of fasting during this time. And they said, well, I understand during Lent, you know, the Lord, we're, we're kind of going towards Holy Week and the passion and the suffering of the Lord. And so it makes sense to fast then because, you know, we suffer with him. This is kind of the thinking that was being shared with me. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't make sense in the same way to fast during this time because, you know, Christmas, it's, it's a joyous thing. It's, it's a celebratory feast. He's being born into the world. But I think there's a couple of things there. I mean, I don't, fasting is not primarily about suffering. No. Uh, yeah, we have and, a very warped understanding, I think, sometimes. And uh, it, it, but it's about preparation. Yeah. Uh, in many ways, and it's, and it's about love. Yeah. And it's and about, about love. You know, I love God enough to set aside mm -hmm. something else that I love, like hamburgers, mm -hmm. for a time, so that yeah. I can focus on my love for God. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not eschewing something bad, but I'm putting aside something good for a greater good. Exactly. And so, yeah, it's an act of love, an act of devotion, commemoration even, uh, but also preparation. And yeah. so we prepare ourselves to receive Christ in these great feasts of Christmas and Theophany. And so fasting is one of those things that helps to do that. And so as you're listening to this, there'll be some days of fasting left. So if you haven't engaged yet, please do so in the way that's appropriate. Yeah. If it seems too onerous, talk to your spiritual father. Yep. That's number one rule of fasting. That's what we always say. Amen. All right. Thanks for the conversation on the 12 days. May they be a joyous celebration for all. Amen. And uh, God bless and take care. You've been listening to Church Coffee Pod Second Cup. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. Make sure to tell your friends that church coffee isn't so bad after all. If you've got any questions you would like us to discuss on future podcasts, you can email us at churchcoffeepod at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 317-660-5498. Peace. Take care.